Welcome to episode 176 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play Until Dawn. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and today I have one girlfriend with me. Her name is Jessica. Hello, Jessica Fantuso. Hi. Uh, you haven't been on the show in a hot minute. It has been several hot minutes. It has been years. Several thousand hot minutes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So tell me, do you remember what shows you were on? Um, Soma. Yep. Broken Age. Broken Age. Um, and Florence. Florence. And That's I think it. one... Night in the Woods. Night in the Woods. So this is your fifth appearance. Welcome back. Yes, thank you. Yes. Uh, today we're playing a spooky one. A spooky game. Uh, one that you were like, let's play this video game. I don't know. Is spooky the right word? Can't be? I don't know. Okay. Well, let's get into it and talk about Until Dawn. It's a video game developed by Supermassive Games and published by Sony Computer Entertainment, released originally on the PS4 in August of 2015. We start the show, like all of our shows, with the fast pitch, a one-sentence pitch about the video game we are about to play. Um, can I go first on this one? Please. Uh, why is Hayden Pantier in a towel the whole time? Is that your whole pitch? That's that's it. That's my whole pitch. Cool. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Yours is probably mm, going to be better. Mine's a little spoilery. Is that okay? Uh, e- let's keep it light spoilers. Gentle spoilers. Yes, that's great. Ambiguous spoilers. Yes. For an eight-year-old game, that's fine. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're all... This is a safe space. Yep. Um, My pitch is punked the Lost Seasons. Okay. You get it? I do. I do. Light spoiler. Very good. Uh, Folks will know exactly what we're talking about later in the show. Uh, so I guess I need to know before we dive in and talk about this game specifically, uh, what your experience is like with games like this and then specifically games made by Supermassive. You've played the quarry, right? I have played the quarry. Did you like the quarry? Uh, I did like the quarry. Mm-hmm. The quarry was definitely like in comparison, probably like right at the edge of my comfort level. Okay. Of like... From a spooky perspective? From like a I physically cannot use the controller <laughs> and proceed i mean you're a gamer <laughs> is that a question you're, I, yeah, I had an inflection on there that was not meant you're a gamer sure yeah you yeah, can game i game and you played it with someone else like in co-op right i played the quarry with uh it was three of us co-op okay yeah you and your brother me and my brothers and my dad played for oh. a very hot minute before i, I think he was like this is not for me. Have you played other games like this? Um, I mean, I've definitely played some games in the horror genre. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, I think did we podcast about PT? Oh, we might have also. I think done we maybe podcasted yeah. about PT. So maybe it's your sixth time on the show. There you Am go. I- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so memorable. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> try and find PT now. You can't. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. So yeah, I mean, I think the I think the closest, obviously, like for me, is within like the supermassive mm-hmm. family of having played the Corey first and then now and played long. Hidden Agenda too. I don't. I didn't. I honestly, I'll say it. I, the Hidden Agenda bored me so much. I don't remember it. Wow. Okay. I feel like I'm like the biggest fan of Hidden Agenda out there, and I played it once, and it was like 
years and years and years ago. I was point. so bored. I don't remember it. It's like a super massive game, but it had a card thing. It was oh. part of Sony's like PlayLink initiative mm-hmm. back on the PlayStation Four, where like you would use your phone to have cards that you would keep secret from other players that you could play to like cause conflict within your team, which was interesting. But um, I think I've played a little bit more. I've played uh, the Quarry, which I played after you. Uh, this is my second time through Until Dawn. It's your first time through Until Dawn. Correct. And I have played all of the Dark Pictures anthology games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, bad memory. You've we not played, played all of them, though. No, but I've seen a little bit of Man of... Madon. Madon. Yep. And we played The Devil Inside, The Devil in Me, The Devil Inside the Me. The Devil in Me, yep. Um, That's probably, like, my my resume. Okay. You've played, I guess, the ones that are not the greatest in my opinion like my spooky resume yeah it's a good spooky resume that's not um, a bad one it's they're not bad but i think the middle two are better but again, i think i've played the top hits you've played a lot of good spooky games right this is your first time in until dawn what did you know about this one before you started playing hayden panettiere great excellent well done did you know rami <laughs> malek was in it um i i did know he was in it i didn't know in what context like i didn't realize that he would be playing high schooler as a grown man which i guess they all do <laughs> which i guess is really the trope yeah right it's normal. so that makes sense um but i didn't know i didn't know plot i didn't know game like i didn't know beyond that okay um a few notes about this one compared to the quarry um this one is strictly single player because this is really like one of the first real uh projects that supermassive really got to do on their own they did like kill zone hd for ps3 they did some dlc for little big planet 2 and then they worked on uh start the party on uh playstation 3 which was a move title if you remember playstation move but this is like their real first game and i guess i want to know off the top what'd you think high level uh again i don't know if spooky is the right term okay you know what i mean yep like i consider like pt spooky yep right uh soma spooky uh it's five nights yep spooky yep nancy drew spooky (laughs) (laughs) uh devil and me maybe a little bit Mm -hmm. to a degree but like i didn't find like i don't know that spooky is the right word and devil and me is almost more like it's not saw i don't want to give it that um, but it's closer to a Saw movie because there's like the tiniest bit of gore porn in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the tiniest bit of gore porn in Until Dawn as well. Yeah. Um, but it's not spooky. But did you like it? I did like it. Okay. I did like it. It felt like, without spoilers, like kind of two different games. Okay. Plot wise. Okay. Right. Because mm-hmm. they're sort of like the initial twist and then like yep. not everything is not as it seems. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing that kind of held me back the biggest was probably the controls. Okay. Like it was definitely very mm-hmm. limiting mm-hmm. where like you want to explore and you want to have free reign and you just, mm-hmm. you don't. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, there's, there's pros and cons to that, right? Like they were able to create some really beautiful, like horror movie cinematography, mm-hmm. like shots, mm-hmm. right. Of like seeing the character through other elements in the room or like low angles in the hallway or like stuff like that like you wouldn't have if you didn't have that restriction Mm -hmm. but that took away a little bit of the the freeness to me 
it very much has like the Resident Evil, the old school Resident Evil cam- uh, camera for a lot of it, where you will walk your character, and again, we'll explain sort of what the gameplay is here too, where you'll walk your character through the environment, and at a certain point, when you get to the edge of the environment, it'll switch the camera angle, but not in a way that you necessarily Not know. in a pleasant way. Not in a pleasant way at times, where it very much is just like, cool, it's, it's cinematic in that we're going to be behind your character for this hallway, you take a right down another hallway, and then maybe it's actually from, a, from the other perspective from the end of the hall so it's a bit jarring at first to get used to but i think really this is a very much like telltale games back in the day um where i guess i'd call it an adventure game that is very focused on the story between characters and in this in this specific game not only the story between the characters but you know some of the things that are happening that are spooky around them and having to survive Mm -hmm. survive the night until dawn Mm mm-hmm the name like spooky's just not it's you know murder it's murder okay uh the game starts with homicide it's homicide there's a group of characters they're high schoolers they're all friends they go to a cottage and it sort of set this cottage scene sets up um this friend group uh in a really awful way go ahead i mean they go to a isolated rich mansion Mm mm-hmm in the wilderness yes and are all high school kids and they're all celebrating and that sets up the like set of characters that are going to be part of this game um what are the who are the characters that you immediately were like oh i'm gravitated towards this character oh i mean that's (laughs) you know my answer i guess it's the other thing actually that's that's probably my other biggest low point of the game is i mean tropes stereotypes whatever you want to call it like that's fine i just i found everybody so unlikable but unlikable on purpose or unlikable because they tried to like make likable characters and fell short because i actually think it was deliberate you think they were deliberately made to be awful yeah Yeah. well then everyone can die (laughs) well i mean (laughs) over the course of the game i think a lot of these characters are you end up getting more acquainted with them and some of them maybe one or two of them you actually don't completely hate by the end of it but I think it's fair when you say like, hey, a lot of these characters are unlikable that a lot think, of these characters are unlikable. I think that's a mistake though, right? Because especially in a game like this where you're making decisions and you're trying to keep everybody alive mm-hmm. and you're not rooting for the character that you're trying to keep alive. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me. Mm-hmm. But I felt like there was some dissonance. Right? Okay. Like when you're playing and it's like, I really don't care if this person falls into a <laughs> sawmill. It's probably what they deserve. The cottage is owned by the Washington family. Mansion. Uh, mansion. Uh, Josh Washington, played by Rami Malek. And then there are twins or sisters, Hannah Washington and Beth Washington. The three of them sort of own it. And there's uh, a series of other characters. Some of them played by, we've mentioned some some pretty prominent uh, characters. They will come in later, but we'll just uh, you know slowly touch on them here. Um, we've got Ash, who's sort of like the nerdy chick. We've got Chris, who's... Also a nerd and boy, like, boy nerd. He's a, he's a boy nerd. Uh, we've got Emily, who's like a brash fashionista. She's a brash fashionista. She's like the mean girl, yep. like click leader, mm-hmm. queen bee. Uh, Jess, who's a party girl. Uh, she's played by Megan. Oh man, I want to get this. She's played by Megan Martin, who's been in like several like Disney Channel and the like sort of series over time. Uh, we've got Matt played by Jordan Fisher, who's the jock. Really uh, like 
before the Jordan Fisher renaissance. Yes, exactly. Pre-Jordan like, Jordan Fisher renaissance. This game came out in 2015. Mm-hmm. So like this is this is before like Dear Evan Hansen, even like Jordan Fisher, before Jordan Fisher is a streamer as well. Uh, this is sort of, you know, his... I don't want to say his, his first real thing, but fact it's... Fact check. Yeah, fact check me, I guess. Uh, Mike, who is the ladies' man, and then... The ladies' man. How else it's do you so start? interesting that that's your perspective on it, of like, he... I can't call every character a jerk here. <laughs> they are, though. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's like the cool, like, football captain mm-hmm. alpha high schooler. Yeah, because Matt has a Letterman jacket. With enormous biceps. He could, he's an adult, but yeah. as a teen. Jacked. And then Sam, who is played by Hayden, Hayden Penetier, and she's almost like the mediator for the group. Mm-hmm. She's almost like the girl next door mediator. Uh, I want to say she's like almost the the player's analog in the game who questions a lot, but that that's at least how she like... She was almost the most, the most likable of the group. She's definitely a bit of a foil mm-hmm. to all of the other like typical high school behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing that happens in the in the prologue, which is sort of a, a signature for a lot of supermassive games, where they give you a prologue where they end up killing some of the characters off. Uh, spoilers, I guess, for every supermassive game, but that's sort of how it goes. Where like they teach you the game, where there are there's little consequence because regardless of how you do, there's usually someone that will will die. And in this case, um, it is uh, both Hannah and Beth who. Uh, run away in the woods, are chased by something, fall off a cliff, and are are lost and not found in a in a snowy, blistery, wintry night. Fair. I mean, you're you're leaving out the the cause. Okay, do you want to explain the cause of the mean, mean teens and what they do? No, I want to hear you explain. <laughs> um. So, I think Beth. Uh. No, sorry, it's Hannah. Hannah ends up getting lured into a bedroom with Mike, who's sort of a jerk. And the whole sort of a jerk. And the whole group plays a, a trick on her. They know that she's crushing on Mike really hard. And they essentially put her in this position where, you know, Mike, um, you know, tries to seduce her. And they're in this bedroom. And she's like obviously very, you know, delicate and new at this. And the face you're making, I wish podcast people could see it um but in essence everyone is sitting like in a closet ready to record her like be dorky and bad and nervous in the bedroom and they're just really mean about it would you like to fill in the lines there or fill in the blanks no no we're just gonna go with that i feel like that there's a plot of some like teen comedy from the 2000s or like late 90s like it's almost like a she's all i don't know was there like a moment in like she's all that at the end where they're like Ha ha ha, we were all in it. What if Amanda Bynes was in like Scream? Yeah. Yeah. Like 2000s era like, Amanda Bynes. You're you're explaining it like like a like a funny like, oh, like you guys got me. But I <laughs> it's feel, awful. I feel like it's pretty cruel yeah. to do. Yeah, it's very awful. Like they're there with like their phones mm-hmm. and recording and it's basically like would we like something like I don't know. It's bullying. Yeah. Yeah, it's bullying in like the the most simple definition. Yeah. Uh so not only does Hannah who's 
gone through this really terrible thing running through the woods. Her sister tries to run after her. Both of them end up passing. And then that's when the game goes to a year later when Josh sort of organizes a reunion for everyone, you know, based on the disappearances and presumed death of the the Washington sisters back at the cottage just for them to sort of like have a good time, blow off some steam, etc. The one thing I do want to cover before we talk about the maybe the 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 story of the game and how it goes is we haven't set up um, one of the gameplay sections that you get a lot which is the doctor, the psychiatry sections. Mm. Is that what you expected when you came into Until Dawn to have these psychiatry sections that like really break up the story in the game? Uh, well, I mean, the quarry was the same mm-hmm. way with a different character. Mm-hmm. And I knew from from playing that with people who had also played Until Dawn that mm-hmm. that was a trademark of mm-hmm. Supermassive Games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was expecting it. It does function in a little bit of a different way than the quarry Mm -hmm. where you're sort of probed on a series of questions and those questions have implications on the gameplay and what you're going to experience. What are some examples of those questions? Um, So I think the section that you had missed, so I don't even know if you remember this, but you're going through a booklet of basically drawings and he's asking you what scares you the most. Mm -hmm. So you've got like scarecrow versus clown. Mm -hmm. So like I sort of tried to like reverse psychology it mm-hmm. when like when i went through it and i was like <laughs> clowns don't scare me <laughs> and it, I, I think it actually does come to like i think it actually um does affect what you see so like i i, I don't know like I, I remember that there was a section where like you could choose needles or you could choose something else and i think if you choose the needle like you do actually come like you have to interact with a needle in some way Mm -hmm. at some point in the game. And there are a few other games that do something like that. There's a silent Hill shattered memories, which is a PS2 and Wii game that sort of is a reimagining of the first game and has a psychiatrist or some sort of psychotherapist that asks you a bunch of questions. And based on your questions, it affects the, what the monster design looks like, but very much like that, like Mm -hmm. these questions and there's a bunch of them. There's even sometimes where, the doctor will ask you stuff like, which one of the characters do you hate the most? Everyone. Uh, the you know, but we end we ended up having to rank everyone, but we did, yeah. uh, that stuff affects affects the game itself. Uh, Peter Stormare plays the doctor and I think does a great job for the role that he's given. Like very much to play the psychiatrist, almost like the curator in some of the in all of the uh, the Dark Pictures games mm. who just sort of like pulls you out of it to be like, mm, something's happening. I think everyone on the whole performance wise probably like were like, a, like they were like a notch better than the material given. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think towards the end, like the psychiatry stuff tend, like starts to get like, I don't know, maybe like a level worse in terms of like <laughs> quality. Um, For reasons. <laughs> For reasons and maybe not reasons. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but no, so I, I was expecting it. I think the way that it played, like like how it um, affected the game, that was different than how it does in Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the entanglement with the story, which I guess is also true at the Corey. But I, that's, that's an interesting kind of angle as well. 
Okay, I think at this point, because this is a very story-heavy game, it's probably best if we, uh, you know, declare that this is the spoiler wall, where if you are interested in Until Dawn, which at this point is now a seven- or eight-year-old game at the time of recording, uh, you may want to pause this, play the game, or at least watch maybe some walkthroughs and then come back, because right now we are going to now spoil the entirety of the rest of the game. Uh, This is your warning. Three, two, one. Let's talk about Until Dawn. I don't know where to start with this one because I don't think it, it, we should go beat by beat on it. But I think what I'd love to do is sort of talk about the the game's maybe three acts, if you mm. will, because I think it's sort of split up that way. Where after the after the prologue, the mm-hmm. first act is sort of setting up, you know, the the you call it a mansion, but the cottage <laughs> and what they're going to do. It's like the only access is by like remote cable car, uh-huh. and there's like a weird like deep basement like mm-hmm. it is in a, it is not a cottage i'm gonna look this up but i think we're in canada for this i feel like uh for reasons we will talk about later i think we can almost certainly put it in canada yeah um so after the prologue right yeah it's the one year anniversary more or less of beth and hannah's disappearance mm-hmm. and josh has invited the same group of awful teenagers <laughs> they're just teenagers back, no they're awful teenagers okay. all of them back to this mansion and you start playing through everybody arriving and all of the characters interacting with each other again and hijinks ensue uh the first set of hijinks uh really start happening when weird things start happening in the actual house itself. So in that first section, yeah. um, for whatever reason, it's not really explained, but like once you get to the end, you're kind of like, okay, I get why. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, Chris, Ashley, and Josh dig up a Ouija board mm-hmm. and they are playing around with the board and everybody claims to not be controlling it and they sort of act like they've summoned the, like the spirit of, I think it's Hannah yep. at that time. Mm-hmm. Who claims like, who gives them like a ominous message? Mm-hmm. That's def- that's the spookiest thing. And then, oh, and then Sam and Josh are in the basement. Yep. Right. Yep. Where they're trying to get the the heat or the power back on because you know they uh, they haven't been to the cottage since the incident happened. He's trying to kick the so generator the up. Yeah. And that's when like you know. Uh, and then everyone splits up as they do in horror movies. Yeah, because that's the best thing to do when you're in a horror movie is to split up. Mike and Mike and Jess take a seven hour trek to mm-hmm. the other cottage because of infighting. Yeah, they're sent to like because there's not enough room in this friggin' mm-hmm. mega mansion mm-hmm. because of mm-hmm. infighting. There's room, but remember Jess and other they awful go Emily. Get, they want to go get intimate. Emily is Mike's ex girlfriend. Yep, yep. So they start yelling and. You know, Josh pulls mm-hmm. the enough, you guys. Yep. This isn't what I want. I'm here mm-hmm. for everyone, which is just none of it makes yep. sense from the get go. But and I mean, Matt, even uh, you're able to peer in on some of that tension between uh, Mike and Emily from afar. So there's also that dynamic of like that foursome of people just having a lot of strife between them. Mm-hmm. Good point. So there's they go teenage drama. They go to like be intimate together at a at a what seemed like a shack on the other side of the city because it takes them forever to get there. Um, Lots of walking. Lots of walking. And how do Matt and Emily get out there? Uh, How do Matt and Emily get out there? 
Oh, I remember. So Emily, being the brat that she is, mm. claims that she left her bag. So Matt and Emily also leave and they go walk back towards the like bridge entrance. Mm-hmm. The ski lift. And hijinks ensue. Yeah. So at that point, um, when uh, Mike and uh, Jessica get to the cottage or the shack, uh, they start to hear noises and Jessica is basically torn out of the shack through the window and just disappears and Matt and Emily uh start to you know see some things that are a little off the wall and then they decide that they want to call for help and is that when they go up to the tower or is that later I think that's a little bit later but that's that's sort of their general path I think like Matt and Emily are kind of like secondary sure yeah they felt like they maybe have a little bit less Mm -hmm screen time than mm-hmm. um maybe like Matt. Aiden Panettiere's character or sorry Mike. Mike Mike sort of steals the show for mm-hmm. the middle part of the game yeah he does all the things from yeah. the sound of it yeah uh so they have they go to the radio tower because they sense there's problems to try and call something uh the radio tower collapses they end up in a mine and then you know most of the group uh ends up either at the cottage uh, just trying to figure out what the heck is going on around them or at a sanatorium that's attached to the property. Mm-hmm. Why is there a sanatorium attached to this? Very good question. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and again, without getting into the, the super nitty gritty details, that's when like someone starts to pick off and come after people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well at this point nobody's really picked off except for jess mm-hmm. except so jess jess, jess yeah. goes early mm-hmm. and then you don't really see jess until the end of the game mm-hmm. or like closer to like this you know the, the two-thirds mark mm-hmm. of the game um so, but somebody is definitely chasing mm-hmm. and doing not great things to the rest of the group yeah and we soon discover that it's a it's a masked man who is sort of coming after most of the folks in the cottage uh your uh your Chris's, your Ashley, uh, your Sam, Sam and back Josh. To your, your pitch for the game. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, the There's someone in the cottage, basically, and we find out it's like this masked man who's got a clown mask on, at least in our playthrough, clown mask on, which is sort of symbolic of Until Dawn. Did you know there's a there's a VR game for Until Dawn. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah, there's like a rail shooter where you're on a roller coaster. Oh, I did know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think we've played a little bit of it. Which has like basically nothing to do. I think it's a pack-in for the PSVR that we have. Yeah, I think we've played a little bit of it's it. It's not, not it's great. fine. It's, it's barely a game. I wonder what our mask would have been had I chosen not clowns. Mm. Would he have been a scarecrow? Hmm. I'll look it up and see if there are different designs after the fact. Mm-hmm. But uh, this this masked man starts chasing after everyone and exactly as I said, like including including Hayden Panettiere in the bathtub. Um and he has like a like a gas mask and what I presume to be like laughing gas to try and knock people out, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, again, these teenagers are awful. Mm-hmm. She and just like and I don't mean to be taking the like psycho side but Mm -hmm. here i go she's (laughs) she's taking a bath with headphones in yeah for like three hours Mm -hmm. while everybody else is getting chased yeah and she's just hanging out in the jacuzzi but also like when you're there to be with your friends you decide that you're just gonna take like a three-hour jacuzzi yeah which i mean i guess that's asking for trouble kind of uh we find out that josh has been captured 
Um, and at that point, Ashley's been captured as well. Um, there's a scene that sort of sets up one of the first deaths, quote unquote, in the game where um, Chris, who's sort of the the, the male nerd, um, is staring at Ashley and Josh. Uh, Josh is also Chris's best friend. Uh, they're like pinned up by the psycho by their arms and there's a saw in the middle of the room that, you know, he essentially has to pick one person to save and he can't save both. And regardless of your choice, you know, Josh sort of eats it. And that was actually, speaking of Saw, like mm-hmm. that was a very Saw moment. Yes, it was. Like down to the like distorted, you know, audio playing saying like, hello, Chris. Like yeah. you have a decision to make. Mm-hmm. He's basically Jigsaw. Live or die. Yeah, he's, he's basically. <laughs> Live or die, he's, make your choice. Make your choice. He's basically Jigsaw at that point mm-hmm. in time. Like not very imaginative. Yeah, so Josh like. At least in, I mean, for reasons. Four out of ten murder. Do you find yourself playing older games and wishing that there were new discussions about those games? Enter Tales from the Backlog. Hi, I'm Dave Jackson, and on each episode, I'm joined by a guest to break down those games that may be stuck in your ever-expanding backlog. Each episode looks at one game in depth, focusing on mechanics, story, music, and other aspects with no spoilers until a clearly marked spoiler wall in the middle. If you've played the game, go ahead and climb that spoiler wall and enjoy in-depth story discussions, and if not, jump out when we warn you and maybe go play that game for yourself. We have over 100 episodes in the feed, everything from Disco Elysium to Tunic to discussion episodes about how to get into horror games, and if games actually need to be fun, or if they have more to offer. I guarantee that there's something in there for everybody. Once again, that's Tales from the Backlog, available wherever your podcasts are found. Do you feel like you're the only person in your circle who wants to go deep about video games regularly? We were like that too. Until now. Welcome to Crossplay Conversations, the brand new bi-weekly topical video game podcast from Luke Lewis, Joseph Hooper, and Jacob McCord. With many years of breaking it down separately on shows like the Left Behind Game Club, Player Player Podcast, and Lukewarm Games, the gang is finally coming together to publish their gaming group chat in audio form every other week. Expect roundtable reviews of the latest games, profiles of upcoming indies, and insightful conversations about essential topics in the video game industry. All with a mostly positive, insightful, and fun style. Help us out by subscribing on your podcast platform of choice to get the first episodes delivered straight to your feed. And follow us on Twitter at CrossplayConvos for updates about the show. Cheers Cheers and and happy happy gaming. gaming. Were you surprised, I know I might be skipping ahead here, but were you surprised when you found out who or what the psycho was? Um, And please help me set up how we find out. Hmm. Was I surprised? Truthfully, I mean, a little bit. Like, there's there's definitely a little bit of a, like a, like a, like a shock reveal Mm -hmm. to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think from the get-go, I was kind of like, why would Josh invite everybody to the mansion when they were yep. basically all in on his sister's mm-hmm. disappearing? Mm-hmm. You know, even mm-hmm. if he didn't fall, even if he didn't blame them, like yep. they were still part of it. It's just, it's like it's a very bizarre decision. Yep. yep. And he's like hamming up about it. And the whole time I'm just thinking like, this makes no sense. Yeah. Um, but you didn't really see it coming. Uh, I did. No, I guess not. 
the Josh twist. I guess not. Yeah. Which again, um, we find out um, again, our friends, Chris and Ashley get captured uh, and they have a gun on a table uh, and they essentially are given a choice again where Chris either has to shoot himself or shoot Ashley and one of them has to live and one of them has to die. Um, lo and behold, there's blanks in the gun. Uh, so regardless if you shoot yourself, if you shoot Ashley, or if you do not shoot, um, you find out that you know there are blanks in the gun because Josh is actually the psycho and he wants to, to your point, the thing that didn't make sense now makes sense where he wants to inflict pain and suffering on everyone that were there when his sisters passed away. Mm-hmm. He's a deeply... Um, unsettled man is that fair to say i think it is fair to say that he has suffered extreme trauma and mm-hmm. grief and that has caused mental wellness issues with josh mm-hmm. and i mean we've sort of skipped a, i think a kind of important chunk of the game mm-hmm. where matt goes through a matt goes through the sanatorium yep San- sanatorium mike goes through the sanatorium Oh, see, they're yeah. so, they're so awful. I forget their yep. names. <laughs> um, Mike goes through the sanatorium, and he un- he sort of discovers like the bit about all of the miners, mm-hmm. and then is it? I think it's Chris and Ashley who uncover a lot of the evidence that point to Josh having, like, you know, seeing a psychologist mm-hmm. or a psychiatrist, you know, being medicated, going through like I think he had. Um, like he was at a like rehabilitation mm-hmm. center and then everything sort of comes to a head at this like gun decision. Yes, exactly. Throughout the game, I think it's fair to say that much like many of the other games in the supermassive catalog, um, you will collect clues in the environment and the clues are sort of subdivided in until dawn in a couple of different categories. Like some of them are the mystery man mm-hmm. and some of them are the miners and there are others that we'll get to shortly, but they're each cat divided that way and like you said you discover clues as you go yeah uh there are also totems which we haven't really explained where essentially throughout the environment you will find indigenous totems because uh you're on stolen land surprise in southern alberta and on this stolen land uh there are a bunch of totems that will provide you a glimpse into what will happen later in the game whether it is um you know a fortune which is like there are 25 of them total, five in each categories where fortune is like, hey, you might want to know about this thing that you like, you'll get a glimpse of like two seconds of gameplay that will give you a hint to say, hey, maybe you shouldn't do this thing or a lost totem where it's like, hey, this is how one of your characters is absolutely going to die. So like, look out for it. Um, but uh, but yes, to your point, you gather clues, which mm. they, they really get ham-fisted in the five minutes before you discover that Josh is the psycho yeah. by being like, hey, wait a second. Yeah. Who's this rich person going to to, um, uh, to rehab? Hey, wait a second. Who's playing this tape that sounds like Josh, but it's actually a, like a, a dub with a vo- audio effect? They, they get really ham-fisted in the last three minutes. And right this is where reveal. like you sort of start to play like the second part yes. of the game right where uh you know mike is obviously very mad because he thinks josh killed jess mm-hmm. and josh claims to have no memory of killing jess but yep. he's kind of questioning himself mm-hmm. um and then we later we later we like the, the 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 next mystery sort of begins yeah um which the next mystery is sort of interesting because there's like you said there's teases of it and there's 
there's like other characters that you see. So there's like a minor that you see like in the game and you're like, hey, is it actually like this this miner who has a flamethrower that's actually the problem and the person that's trying to come after everyone. And even when like the radio tower is cut, when Matt and Emily are at the top of it um, and like sort of falls into the mines, you see a hand sort of cut the the rope and the wire, but the hand is, is clearly not a human hand. And see, I, I don't know. Maybe I was not, paying enough attention but like i didn't actually catch that it was a small baby hand basically yeah Yeah. but they so after this moment though with josh Mm -hmm. and the gun Mm -hmm. and realizing oh like josh is uh, he's he's not well yep um um they go upstairs Mm -hmm. and that's when mr flamethrower man comes over and he's Mm -hmm. like you kids gotta go yeah for reasons for reasons (laughs) for reasons uh, and these reasons are that there is an ancient evil that is uh, running havoc around this property. Mm-hmm. Wendigos. Mm-hmm. Did you know about Wendigos before this game? I did. Can you tell me about Wendigos? I'm going to butcher this. Great. <laughs> we'll fill in the blanks. Uh, Wendigos are like an indigenous folklore, like, like monster out of folklore mm-hmm. where... They're sort of the like um, lost souls of humans. Mm-hmm. So the, with the miners that they sort of explain how uh, the miners turn to cannibalism and through cannibalism, it sort of unleashes this like ancient, uh, I want to say aura, but like ancient evil, evil mm-hmm. through the Wendigos and like the, you know, these poor miners who were dealt like a really hand mm-hmm. um, eventually are overtaken by you know, the Wendigo spirit and become Wendigos themselves, which yeah. are these like gangly, basically impenetrable mm-hmm. monsters. Mm-hmm. Like their skin is described as being like virtually unharmable mm-hmm. where like they're like, like, like a suit of armor, mm-hmm. but they have no skin, mm-hmm. just big teeth, <laughs> big teeth and, and big legs and big arms and skinny gangly. model proportions. Yeah. Um, but unlike some other mystical creatures, uh, they aren't like vampires or werewolves where if they bite you, you become uh, a Wendigo. It's very much you become a Wendigo by consuming the flesh of, um, another Wendigo. Uh, so really, you know, you're not really going to become one unless you're just a hungry miner who just needs to eat. Not the, uh, the flesh of another human. Yes. Sorry. The flesh of another human being. Yeah. But uh, fun fact, Wendigos are one of the rumored theories behind Yellow Jackets. And that's really? where the first time I heard about Wendigos, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're in, a, you're in the Yellow Jackets rabbit holes, huh? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, I like reading the theories. I like trusting the random Reddit people with their thoughts. So we discover their Wendigos, and that's sort of when... This game goes from one that relies just a little bit on quick time events to a game that just basically in the last, like, I want to say two hours just really becomes like mm-hmm. a QTE fest mm-hmm. where you discover that there are Wendigos um, in several places on the property. Uh, and since they have not, and keep me honest here, since they've not eaten a ton, um, they're just like, there's ravenous, right? That's fair. And uh, they discover and see people through movement so if you're not moving the wendigos don't see you if you're moving they honestly have like what looks like a 
like heat vision whenever someone's but it's for vision when someone moves you're white uh and essentially for the last two hours you are trying to get off the property your characters are sort of doing it in a couple of different ways to try and get off whether it's by sending a signal off um off the ski resort or the the mansion uh property you want to get to the ski lodge by finding a key and other characters just really suggest like, hey, maybe we should just like stay in the basement and not do anything, which would have been the smartest thing to do. I don't know how you felt. Uh, stay no, in the basement, kids. No, I think I yelled that out at one point of <laughs> they're all together in a yep. safe room mm-hmm. that's, you know, kind of surrounded by like, I mean, that's not really explained either why like the basement of the resort is like full of like locked. Yeah. It's kind of like, like it felt like the basement of like a police office or something. A police yeah. office, a police station. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it almost felt like a like an underground city in certain ways, where like there's tunnels between those other parts, like the parts that like connected to like the sanatorium, or whatever. For sure, like that was a little bit bizarre. Like that's full, just like game logic. Yeah. But like the like like the caged rooms and like mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Like why why yeah. is that there? Yeah. And then the there's a mine underneath this like mansion, which I mean like maybe you could say like yes at one point it was a mine and then Mm -hmm. you know they needed a a healthcare facility and then the rich just bought this stolen land and built a mansion on top of it but and this is this is where for me like the game sort of start to felt like they had three different ideas for Mm -hmm. this like one game Mm -hmm. and they just sort of like matched them all together yeah they, they try to do scream they try to do like a like a psychological um not a psychological, but like a mystical beast sort of uh, slasher flick. And then I don't know what the third would be, what the third idea is. It's Wendigo, it's Josh's killer, mm-hmm. and it's these teens all have drama with each other. That's fair. Yeah. But isn't that every like horror movie with, with teenagers in it? I suppose. They all sleep with each other and Maybe they all it's have just drama. Two games. Maybe it's two games. But it's two games that are like, that ideas are just smashing together. Yeah. Um, this is when the thing about supermassive games about until dawn is that any one of your characters at a lot of points are at risk of being killed. Mm. Um, we lost a few of our characters. We did. And I think that every time it was my fault. I mean, it was. Uh, do you want to maybe walk through how I was a dummy and made us lose our characters each time? Um, because then we can sort of talk about the the i mean i think the the first i think the first death we can we can take we can both take credit for it okay so at one point in time later on in the game you learn that jess is alive and Mm -hmm. she didn't die through this like fall through the mine shaft that you witness um no jess was taken by a wendigo Jess is taken by Wendigo, but then remember, like, she wakes up at the bottom yeah. of the mine. Yes. And Mike sees her and he's like, oh, mm-hmm. you're dead. Yeah. She looks rough. Yeah. She's not in good shape. Yeah. But turns out she's alive. Mm-hmm. And um, who does, who finds her? I think Matt finds her. Matt finds her. Matt finds her after falling into the mines, finds her, and they start to try and, like, make their way out of the mines, mm-hmm. out of the underground mine. And um, you're basically confronted by a wendigo very fast yeah and uh there's a couple different ways that you can tackle qtes some of the qtes are very much like push a series of buttons in a very fast sequence um because the dual set not the dual sense 
the DualShock 4 had for the first time gyro features or for the second time but like more precise gyro features obviously all of Sony's first party games had to cram that feature in so there's a QTE that basically don't move so essentially you cannot move the controller if you move it even a touch a millisecond then the that you fail the QTE and I think I you like, had a I think you had a great strategy for mm-hmm. for doing that yeah I held my breath every time that there was a don't move yeah and it, it worked out for me every it time. really did though mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh thank god I swam and have that lung capacity <sighs> despite my asthma but uh I think we did we just fail a QTE on that one um I don't think it was a QTE I don't remember I don't remember the decision that led to Jess's death, but mm-hmm. that was like, I, I don't, I don't even, I don't think that was also like, oh no, I do remember. I do remember. Okay. So my strategy with game as is all horror movie mm-hmm. games is like, I'm going to be a wimp and I'm going to hide yep, if uh-huh. it's give, given the option. And Jess, you're confronted with the option of either hiding or running yep. and she's in like mm-hmm. one out of 10 health conditions and i think we chose run well because i wasn't thinking and after the fact i was really i was really mad at myself wait a second yeah i was mad at myself a lot of it i was holding the sticks and like the thought should have been wendigos see movement they don't see non-movement but instead we sent jessica running and the wendigo just like took its like clawy little hand shoved in her mouth and pulled off her bottom jaw yeah it was gross which was absolutely disgusting matt made it out matt made it out and then um the next death i think was ashley's yep. who again like i think My we fault. can uh, no i think that's a little i know again i think that's kind of like both both of us mm-hmm. like i think as soon as so ashley is wandering with the group and convenient they all get separated one yep. way or other and, and ashley the group is, is sam chris emily mike mm-hmm. i think mike has ashley? already left at that point because mike right. goes back to try and find you right. the he, Mike goes back to try and find the the key that Josh had. The key that Josh had. Yeah. Um, but there's four people in this group. S- yes. So while they're on their way, um, Ashley hears what she thinks is just screaming. Yep. And the game does sort of do an interesting job of sort of like overlapping mm-hmm. some moments. Like there's a moment earlier in the game where you're hearing some of an in- like an interaction between you know at that time the psycho and yep. Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, in this instance, Ash hears what she thinks to be just screaming. So you have the option to either save her or stay with the group. And I think at that point we had learned like the game tends to reward virtue. Yep. And being good to your Swedish group of teenage friends. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so we went to go and save Jess. And I think as soon as the scene loaded, I was like, wendigos can like you learn that at one point that wendigos the, the can wendigos yeah. humans yeah. to essentially draw yeah humans and i knew i knew them. i knew immediately as soon as we chose it yeah and you're basically like stuck on that that rail or that that path once yeah. you decide you're going down there's actually we, we watched some of the deaths after the fact and you basically come upon like this latch that you open and it's like a trap door and that's where you think Jessica's hiding and that's where a Wendigo, a Wendigo literally decapitates you. And even if you close it, there's a one other. Even if Wendigo. you don't, if you walk away from it, the Wendigo just like slams it open and, and cut your off and cut your head off anyway. Yeah. So we lost, uh, we lost Ash in that way. And then, um, did we lose Emily too? At the end. So I think so before the end, it was Jess, then Ash, and then kind of everybody else 
right at the end. The 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 sort of ultimate or the 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 way the game ends is uh you get all of the Wendigos. Everyone makes their way to I the I don't know that getting the Wendigos together is a choice. You don't know. Everyone basically ends up in the cabin again with all of the Wendigos that are awake and hungry chasing after them. Yeah. Whether it's through the sanatorium from the basement, whether it's from outside, the house is now full of Wendigos. Full of Wendigos. What I don't understand is why they were fighting with each other. Yeah, that, that's one thing that I, I, I also didn't understand. That like, like, like midair colliding, like ripping each other's heads off. Yeah. Maybe it's like a hunger thing of like, I'm going to eat these kids, not you. Yeah. Maybe like maybe that's what it was. Competition between them. But yeah. Basically, you end up in the, in the cottage once more and it's full of Wendigos and your thought is like, oh no, we need to escape. And so you sneak around, you have a bunch of don't move sort of QTEs and Mike, who we haven't talked about, basically is the savior of this entire group. Without Mike, all these dumb kids don't get anything done. This man solves all problems. Yeah, this He is discovers true. a white dog at one point. Wolf. He, he, he's a, a wolf, wolf, a white wolf. Even though you called him Doggo, he's a wolf. He's my doggo. I wanted to biped him and he was a good boy. But you make your way through the sanatorium all the way and all of these miners are uh wendigos but are like chained up inside of jail cells and you have no joke with like a buckshot shotgun or with a sawed off shotgun like 12 different like sets of qtes where you're just Mm. shooting all of them Mm -hmm. he's a real hero he he really i don't want to say that he redeemed himself (laughs) yeah he definitely didn't but he carried the group he did carry the group this Mm -hmm. is true uh, and so he gets the bright idea by looking at Sam as well, by basically saying like, hey, a bunch of them just fought and just knocked out the gas line for the fireplace conveniently. So there's gas just flooding into the house. So why don't I break this light bulb? When I do break this light bulb, uh, you, Sam, go and turn on the light. And when you do that, there'll be a spark that'll light up the whole house and kill these Wendigos. Mm-hmm. So we did it the bad way. You did it. The bad I did it the bad way where... The ideal way to go about this, if you're playing the game, is all these Wendigos get into the house and you essentially have to let every one of your friends sneak out of the house, whereas Sam, you like lure the Wendigos away from them to essentially like run, hide, don't move, run, hide, don't move till everyone gets out. You flip a light switch. I mean, we say that like it would have been easy, but like I I, I think that's also that that would have been a challenge too. Yeah. Like the don't move is so sensitive. And there's no safe scumming in this game, which you didn't really know when I explained what safe you're like, what is safe scumming? No. Uh, But you can't even like go back. You can go back and look at chapters. So you can start back at the beginning of a chapter, but um, really the intention is for you to stick with your playthrough. Which you can't do in the quarry either until you You finish your first playthrough. Yep. Right. And then you get that option. So yep. uh, what we did is we basically consequences, we which either, is nice. We either save Mike who's cornered by Wendigo or we just, you know, flip the light switch and hope for the best. Um, I, d- I've played this game before, but I clearly didn't remember that like flipping the light switch kills everyone inside the house. And so except for Sam, except for Sam. So we just lit up, uh, we lit up Mike and we lit up Emily in the house. So at the end of the game, we were left with three characters. We were left with Sam. We were left with Chris and we were left with Matt. Yeah. Not, a, not a great playthrough. I wanted to save Mike. Yep. When we were given the option. Only because he carried the group. Oh, well, I thought at this point, you know what? Like he's done, he's done a lot of work. Mm-hmm. The man deserves to live. He deserves to live. 
Uh, what did you think of the the ending? Because um, or the the credits? Because basically they run a bunch of police interviews mm-hmm. that sort of the characters get to discover what happened to their their colleagues. Did you like that? Uh, I didn't love it. Okay, I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think like I felt this way kind of in uh, the quarry as well, where sometimes some of the evidence that you find is sort of useless. Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't feel like it contributes to. Mm-hmm. Um, an ending and mm-hmm. it doesn't impact the outcome and I could be wrong but mm-hmm. that's sort of where I feel like that's lacking right like where obviously like the evidence that you find that like fills in the context of the lore and who are the miners and what are one to go like that makes sense but like mm-hmm. you'll pick up a random thing and it'll be like evidence number 10 yeah psychiatric like record but it doesn't actually bear like it doesn't really matter it almost seems like the the middle between because the quarry had a, basically this podcast at the in the credits where they just like unveil. Oh a bunch of my stuff. god, the podcast that never ended. Did the you podcast, listen to it? No, it was too much. So I'm I'm like the quarry wasn't enough. The podcast was too much. Yeah. It almost needs to be like almost the quarry, but I just want more of the yeah. evidence that we've gathered to be brought into well, it. Well, and what was interesting too is when we went back and were so angry about killing half the group <laughs> and like. <laughs> the yeah. last 15 seconds of the Oops. game uh you know you go back and obviously like you see how everybody else can die and you watch like you know the best ending and it seems like all of their testimony was also the same yeah like with a little bit of added bits in it's just kind of cut down but like ultimately like what sam says to the police is the same and what matt says to the police is the same mm-hmm. i really you know and this game came out way before the quarry but i i appreciate the quarry's like director's cut mode where you can sort of you can go through the bits that you want to replay, whereas mm. this one is very much like chapter. Because, like I said, we we tried to mm. you know, it's split up into ten chapters, and that that chapter brought you back to like an I don't want to say an hour, but like probably at least thirty to forty five minutes of mm-hmm. gameplay. And I'm just like, I don't want to play this again just to do a two minute choice. Let's watch it on YouTube. I think the other thing for me too is like at the end, we don't really find out who it was that chased Hannah and Beth over the cliff. I mean, we assume it's Wendigos. Was it a Wendigo? We don't know for sure. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it probably wasn't a miner because the miners were actually like, or the one miner that was alive was basically just like trying to protect others and keep the Wendigos at bay with his flamethrower. Oh, and we glazed over Hannah and Beth becoming Wendigos. Do you want to you wanna hit on that? Uh, so at some point in the game, you get to play as Josh mm-hmm. and Josh is sort of having this like big like breakdown he's mm-hmm. having this like you know big mental breakdown and he's hallucinating and envisioning things and then while you're in this like lower level of the mines you um come across a wendigo who's got the same tattoo as either hannah or mm-hmm. beth so you realize that you know once they fell off the cliff they succumb to because their bodies are never found their bodies were never found and then no i mean there's just a couple loose ends for me and i don't know maybe i just like when you find um again i can't remember if it's hannah or beth because they're twins uh (laughs) (laughs) the one who's buried in the mines right yeah i don't remember that moment yeah i do and they find her cell phone Mm -hmm. and there's also another point in the game where underneath one of the cabins you find one of their cell phones as well um so there's there's stuff's around Mm-hmm. but but who buried her we don't know we Why don't know we don't know how 
Could it have been the miner that was like savagely decapitated by a Wendigo? Potentially, but yeah, I, I guess I guess loose ends. Some loose ends. Mm-hmm. Some loose ends that like I would have loved to have seen like mm-hmm. kind of wrapped up into what we had learned. Would love to know like was over- it a Wendigo that pushed them off the cliff? <laughs> I don't know. We'll never know. What do you think of Until Dawn like as a whole? Uh, Is it worthwhile to play for people that are like on the fence that I mean most of the people that have played it have probably like listened to this but like what are your overall thoughts? I yeah, I mean I liked it. I think there are um you know some small issues with it. I think they sort of took what they learned with Until Dawn and made a better version of it which mm-hmm. ends up being the quarry. Mm-hmm. Um but again, I think you know the performances are much better, you know, mm-hmm. are, are pretty good in the game and some of the moments are pretty scary mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I think the quick time events, like I think for the most part, everything's also pretty fair, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, it's not like choose left or right and you're, you know, fucked if you choose left instead of right. Like you're, there's there's sort of a way forward in the game, regardless of which way you choose, unless you're following Jess to save her. Don't make that decision. <laughs> But no, I, I thought it was a fun game. I thought it had some good, you know, jump scares and some good moments. And I think, um, did it need both the combination of Josh and the Wendigos? Was that maybe too much for one game? I don't know. They try to bite a lot. Bite they, up a lot. Yeah, they bite up a lot with the game and the story. Um, you liked it. I did. I also liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I really like this style of game. And I think Supermassive is like in rarefied company now that like telltale doesn't really what it, what is telltale in 2024 when you're listening to this i don't know but um but they're in rarefied company where there are very few companies that make games like this mm-hmm. and i just appreciate that despite having issues with the dark pictures series at times and despite you know this game and the quarry the writing at times being like i mean look i don't know what i'm expecting it's like a horror movie i think yeah i think the quarry was much more predictable yeah yeah. Right. And I appreciated the I appreciated the twist in this game more. Mm-hmm. Um but 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 I like this video game, yes. I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But maybe we were wrong. Uh I'm just gonna read off two reviews from the internet. Uh first I want to read off a little extract Are from review. No, this is a, has a seventy nine average on, on Metacritic. What are we wrong about? Uh Maybe people loved it more than we did. We liked it. Uh, the Telegraph or Telegraph gave it an eight out of ten and said the horror movie the game reminds me most. The horror movie the game reminds me most of is Joss Whedon's The Cabin in the Woods. Not oh. from a narrative sense, you understand, but in a in the way it lampoons the genre while never losing sight of what bloody good fun it can be. Sure. Um, and that review came from uh, Tom Hoggins. And then I'll review, uh, I'll read a small extract from, or a small piece from the Game Informer review, which was a 9 out of 10. That's from Jeff Marchiafava. And Jeff ends up saying for this one, sorry, I scrolled away from it. Um, the script kept me entertained and feeling like my decisions mattered throughout my 10 hour playthrough. Yeah. Thanks to some good twists, a few fake outs and limitless jump scares until Dawn would make a solid horror film as a piece of interactive fiction. However, it's a remarkable experience that horror fans shouldn't miss again from 2015 raving review, Uh, raving review. It's very good. And at the time there weren't like beyond what telltale did. Mm -hmm. There weren't many games like this. Yeah. So yeah, I super appreciate it. Um, I guess the one thing we just didn't cover really quickly is that the doctor, the psychiatrist, um, 
this, we end up finding out that jo- you're actually Josh sitting in the seat, like answering those questions. And Josh is the one that's receiving, um, you know, psychiatric help from um, the uh, the character played by Peter Stormare, which I think was also like a nice yeah. little like fun twist to it as well. No, yeah, I agree. And those sequences really shift from like you being asked questions first person to like the doctor really trying to like keep Josh from like losing his mind completely Mm -hmm. which was a nice shift totally agree any final thoughts about until dawn uh no i i liked it i think you know calling back to my original pitch it's uh you know the band season of punked Mm -hmm. right yep good Uh, you get it now Mm -hmm. um because if you remember that scene like josh also it's not necessarily clear that he's bringing everyone there to murder them mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. he's there to make himself feel better to make him feel himself feel better and make others feel and like to that. scare them yeah but not necessarily murder them mm-hmm. no um and in the end you also have mike and chris who are on josh's side and who go back to save him and yeah. try to help him and unfortunately he does become a wendigo except in our playthrough where a wendigo literally crushes his head yeah. in in a body of water i feel like that is I, I think that's got to be like the canon. Um, him becoming a Wendigo. Him becoming a Wendigo. Yeah, I would right? agree. Yep. So the family reunites. <laughs> um, those were our thoughts about Until Dawn, uh, a great video game by Supermassive Games. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, do us three favors. Uh, the first, give us a five-star review on your podcasting platform of choice because it truly helps. Five stars on Spotify, five stars on Apple Podcasts. And Jessica, if they want to give us three stars, what do you say? No. Yeah, that's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the second thing is send the podcast to a friend because that's how people hear about podcasts. And the third thing is check out the Left Behind Game Club Discord because that's where folks are going to be popping off, talking about Until Dawn. You can find the link to that at leftbehindgame.club slash Discord. Jessica, if folks want to find you on the internet, can they do that? No. Great. <laughs> uh, you can try to find me on Discord at just two zero, but I'm not there very often. Great. That's about it. Maybe uh, catch me if you can. Yeah. So if you're in the Discord, basically we're like going down the the funnel of people that will will get to you. If you're in the Left Behind Cl- uh, Game Club Discord, go in the channel after you've listened to this and just find Jessica and tag her and just say, "Hey, we loved you on the episode until then. We wanted to see more of you. Mm, see you in three years." Um, you can find me on the internet at Jacob McCord on all major social media platforms. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jacob McCord. You can find me on Instagram. Um, I host another show called Crossplay Conversations with uh, friends of the show, Luke Lewis and Joseph Hooper. It's a topical video game podcast. We've been doing it now for, for almost six months. This is wild to say. Uh, we are just wrapping up our game of the year coverage, which is wild. Um, but check that out if you want to hear uh, smart people talk about video games and have a lot of fun while doing it. Oh my gosh. Final thoughts. What's your front runner for game of the year? Oh man. Uh, so secrets, we're recording this in October of 23. Uh, it's going to come out in January of 24. <gasps> Cheaters. Um, so uh, look at this stage. I don't know. Um, right now, my favorite game of 2023 is probably Dave the Diver. Um, but part of me feels like I may change that. It won't be Tears of the Kingdom, though. You'll have to listen to find out. There you go. Crossplay conversations on all major podcasting platforms. And uh, I guess we're going to end the show there. Uh, uh, shout out Mike Ruffalo. And that, my friends, is one less game left behind.
Video games are a unique medium. They can tell stories. Immerse us in strange, fantastic worlds. Blur the very boundaries of our reality. But at the end of the day, video games are fun. Whatever fun is to you. I'm Jeff Moonen. And I am Matt A.K.A. Stormageddon. And on Fun and Games, we talk about the history, trends, and community of video games. It's a celebration of all the games we play and all the fun we find within them. And there's so many more games out there. So we hope you'll share in that conversation with us. Fun and Games podcast with Matt and Jeff. Find us on certpov.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And happy gaming.